All right. Good morning. It's uh, WMNF Tampa. I'm Duncan Strauss. Really delighted to bring you another edition of Talking Animals, in which we'll speak about a host of animal issues, comedy, and who knows what else. With comedian and actor Kevin Nealon. First, though, as always, we're kicking off the show with an animal tune. This is new music from M. Ward with Wild Goose here on Talking Animals. That's new music from M. Ward with Wild Goose, an animal song of source. He's us into today's edition of Talking Animals. My name's Duncan Strauss, here with our program that is devoted to all subjects in the animal kingdom. In just a few minutes, we'll be speaking with today's guest, comedian and actor and veteran animal advocate, Kevin Nealon, who stars on Weeds and years ago enjoyed almost a decade-long stint on Saturday Night Live. Vegetarian for the better part of 25 years, Neilan has long cared passionately about and spoken about an array of animal welfare issues. We'll discuss some of those uh, issues, perhaps weeds, some stand-up engagements he's doing in the area later this month. And who knows what else when we speak with Kevin Neilan in a few moments here on Talking Animals. And as usual, we'll also welcome your questions and comments at 813-239-9663 or by email at dj at WMNF. Org. Also, a bit later in the show, we'll step into the comedy corner, which, as always, involves animal comedy. We'll play Name That Animal Tune 
the winner will receive a Talking Animals t-shirt, increasingly a collector's item. Also later, we'll hear some uh, more animal songs, including the uninterrupted version of a brand new one, The Wizard of Menlo Park from the Human Condition. For various reasons that are too boring to delve into, the song um, got cut short in last week's rare Memorex version of Talking Animals. So uh, we'll hear it in its entirety later in today's program. Right now, though, it's time for the Animal News and Announcements segment. A look at items of interest in animal news, as well as announcements of local events on the horizon. Produced, as always, by the Talking Animals award-winning Rip and Read News Department. Our first item, well, mainly I just want to say uh, right off the bat, I'm happy to be back. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I was actually here in person, live. Um, and in that time, uh, t- two whirlwind trips, one to California, one to Austin. And uh, speaking of which, I kind of want to speak for a moment about comedy, which is obviously important to this show. We've, uh, from the very beginning, featured a clip of animal comedy and some of our guests over the years have been comedians as of course uh, is the case today with Kevin Nealon and it's important to our family with that in mind want to send huge kudos to uh, my wife Colleen McGar, one of the main organizers of the brand new Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Festival which happened uh, in Austin uh, Wednesday of last week through Saturday I was uh, only able to be in Austin for less than 48 hours, but man, it was a fantastic event and saw a bunch of great comedy and uh, even more all, uh, impartial observers than, than I might be uh, raved from audiences to the media to the comedians themselves. Uh, Mark Marin, for example, a past guest on Talking Animals, by the way, and I've repeatedly touted his uh, podcast, WTF. You know, a little on the grumpy side generally, not easily impressed. He's been, you know, doing comedy for, you know, 25 years or so. So, you know, he's seen it all, done it all. But uh, he raved about Moon Tower in the opening of Monday's uh, WTF and some tweets and other comedians um, who've been around various lengths of time felt the same way. And uh, it was just a really cool event, a great vibe. Another example was uh, this all-female show, Shebang, that Colleen booked had... Uh, some of the acts saying it was, you know, they're all actually emotional, even, uh, you know, Tyrion in one or two cases saying it was the most profound uh, performance experience of their career. So, so on and so on. And plus Friday night I had Dana, dinner with Dana Gould, uh, a great guy and probably one of the two or three best comedians really of the last 25 years or so. And uh, so a bunch of other great comedy. Ended up in a car going back to the hotel with uh, Colleen, Dana Gould, Andy Keeler and his wife. So, um, with Dana doing... Various Barney Five things and other stuff. And anyway, some of my favorite people and uh, some of the very best comics around. So anyways, hilarious and fun. Big, big congrats to Colleen and the rest of uh, the uh, Moon Tower team. Now, on to actual animal comedy. Sorry, animal news stuff. And this actually comes from my old stomping grounds or nearby. Um, a dolphin that for days has lingered in a shallow channel. And the Bolsa Chica wetlands may have uh, been bullied and prevented from uh, leaving my fellow, from leaving by fellow dolphins, according to one a marine mammal rescue specialist on the scene. When rescue crews on paddleboards tried to help the common dolphin out of the Huntington Beach Nature Reserve and into the open uh, ocean a couple days ago, it was aggressively attacked by a small group of peers thrashing in the water and was forced back into the wetlands. Said Peter Wallerstein, director of El Saguna-based. Marine Animal Rescue. Quote, he was scared, he was intimidated, he was bullied, he said. Dolphins can be very aggressive towards each other. They're not the sweet, loving, gentle animals portrayed by the movies and the cartoons. They do have a dark side. 
That behavior played in a decision by Cruz to hang back and let the dolphin return to the sea on its own rather than to guide it into a possible confrontation. On Monday afternoon, the dolphin could be seen feeding on fish. The animal has a way out of the wetlands, even at low tide, rescues it. But for whatever reason, he has chosen to stay. So we'll uh, keep tabs on that. And the uh, crazy Zanesville story hasn't... Hasn't lost its craziness, I guess. Um, this is from an AP story, Dateline in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Fish, uh, Ohio officials are clearing the way for the return of five surviving exotic animals to a woman whose husband released dozens of wild creatures last fall and committed suicide. The Ohio Department of Agriculture announced the decision Monday at an agency hearing in which the uh, state was to defend its authority to quarantine the animals, two leopards, two primates, and a bear on suspicion of infectious diseases. A spokeswoman for the agency said the state had exhausted its authority in the case and that the state's agriculture director would lift the quarantine order that was placed on the animals in October. Medical results released last week showed all five animals are free of the dangerously contagious or infectious diseases for which they were tested. This means the animals can be returned to Marion Thompson of Zanesville, though it's unclear when that might happen. Logistics for retrieving the animals will have to be worked out between Thompson and the Columbus Zoo, which has been holding the five creatures. Sick agricultural spokeswoman Erica Pitchford. Once the animals are returned to Thompson, nothing in Ohio law allows state officials to check in on their well-being or requires improvements to conditions in which they are kept, Pitchford said. I guess probably the vocal italics may have said it all. Anyways, back uh, closer to home here, very close to home, the Humane Society of Tampa Bay is uh, celebrating its centennial uh, right alongside its 10th annual Tuxes and Tails. And um, that is all happening this Saturday, May 5th, at the uh, Tampa Convention Center. And uh, going to be uh, quite a quite a shindig. Uh, Cynthia Smoot, the Fox 13 News uh, anchor and reporter, will serve as Mistress of Ceremony. All kinds of other media uh, types and celebrities will uh, be uh, serving as models for the fashion show. And this is sort of uh, Humane Society of Tampa Bay's signature fundraising gala where attendees are treated to live entertainment, wine, elegant dinner, and live and silent auctions. It also doubles as an adoption event where uh, the organizations adopt will strut their stuff alongside the celebrity models in a star-studded fashion show. So uh, it's slated to take place from 6 to 11 p.m. again this Saturday, May 5th. If you want to find out more or get in on it and go, go to humanesocietytampa.org slash events slash tux tales or simply by calling 813-774-4306. Also coming up locally this weekend, a, a, sh- a showing of Forks Over Knives, the uh, great, great uh, movie, um, highly touted. And again, we have the uh, kind of produce, uh, executive producer, creator, on uh, right around the time the film was out. Anyway, it is uh, going to be screening this Sunday, May 6th, at 2 p.m. at Newport Ritchie Public Library. And you can find out more about that by going to uh, their website, NPRlibrary.org or calling 727-853-1279. A little blurb here I found uh, from the 
AP from Colorado, a 200-pound black bear that wandered onto the University of Colorado campus has been set uh, free west of Boulder, officials said. The bear caused a stir as it wandered through a residence hall and then climbed a tree. Wildlife officials uh, and officers eventually tranquilized the bear and dropped from its perch in the uh, tree onto pads placed beneath it on the ground. The bear landed on its back before a crowd of students and photographs from the scene quickly made their way around the Internet. Another thing happening locally. is a cat food drive that's going to start this Monday, May 7th, and sort of be ongoing. South Shore Felines will be holding a Feed the Tuna Chest cat food drive to support their mission of humanely reducing community cat populations through trap, neuter, release programs, and education. So uh, to find out more about that, you can go to southshorefelines.org or call 813-393-0844. And uh, PAWS, the, the PAWS meaning the Performing Animal Welfare Society, is uh, often in the news for one reason or another. Right now, um, they are trying to uh, get a, uh, an elephant, Mila, uh, transported from New Zealand to their amazing sanctuary in Northern California. So um, it's been sort of a complicated process. And... Uh, uh, anyway, if you go to uh, pauseweb.org and find out more about their campaign to raise the money to uh, transport Mila um, to Pause, and again, the same organization where uh, Bob Barker has uh, been trying to uh, get those elephants moved from the Toronto Zoo there, and uh, that's its own ongoing story that we'll maybe get into more next week if uh, if it's still pending as it's been for all too long but uh, anyways we'll uh, maybe come back to some more news items a bit later in the show right now though it's time to step into the uh, talking animals comedy corner which involves animal or new comedy of course it's highly unusual actually for us to be able to feature a comedy piece by the show's guest but today is that exception this is kevin nealon with cows on the roof on today's comedy corner on talking animals you know, I remember during the uh, tsunami in Sri Lanka, I read about this. The animals, they have like a sixth sense. They Talking knew it was animals. coming, and they took off for the hills the day before it happened. Hey, Kevin, this is Duncan. They didn't tell anybody else. They kept it a secret. Come How on, let's you? go. Come on, keep it quiet. Move it along. Let's go. But I have a whole newfound respect for animals now. I give them a lot more credit. In fact, now when I see a dog chasing a car, I will chase that car too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> animals are something. I rescued a couple of cats not long ago. Hey, do your cats throw up all night long? Is that what they do? Is that the M.O.? I mean, all night long, all I heard was, whoa! And I wake up in the morning, and there is puke everywhere. It's like living in a fraternity house or something. You know, it's just crazy. And you know what? Not even puke. They're hairballs. And I know that because I sifted through it with a little stick. A couple of berries, but mostly hair. Mostly hair. Yeah. And you got to get it off the carpet quick, otherwise it stains. You've got to make a decision. Either get them off or let them accumulate and become like a sticky shag carpet after a while. <laughs> Animals are smart. That's all I'm going to say. I watch the Weather Channel. They always show the floods in the Midwest, right? And they show the cow up on the roof. 
you know, surrounded by water. I don't know how she gets up there. I guess she comes up the stairs, I guess. Do they have stairs in a barn? I don't know. I don't know. She comes up the stairs, crawls out the window, grapples up to the roof, just waits it out. They should show that. They should show that. Maybe they should have the cow network. I'd watch the cow network. But even here in California, you know, the animals warn you before uh, an earthquake. They'll start barking like crazy. The dogs, you know, the cats will hide in their cars. You just have to know the signals, what to look for. Okay, like if you live in the Midwest, right, and you're going down the stairs and there's a cow coming up the other way, you get the boots. You get the boots. It's common sense. Look at the guy in the back. Check him out. Check him out. What's he doing? That was Kevin Nealon with Cows on the Roof. Taken from his album, Now Hear Me. Now, I'm Duncan Strauss. This is Talking Animals. Our website is TalkingAnimals.net. It's nearly time to uh, speak with today's guest, Kevin Nealon. That same Kevin Nealon, in fact. And uh, you know Kevin from any number of TV shows and movies, certainly including Weeds, which uh, last Friday began shooting its uh, brand new season. Saturday Night Live, obviously, and stand-up appearances plenty on television and in clubs, as he'll be doing later this month uh, nearby when he performs at the club at Treasury, uh, Treasure Island on May uh, 18th and McCurdy's Comedy Club in Sarasota on May 19th. Uh, but right now he's here with us, and um, with a reminder... To, uh, we invite you to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663 or emailing us at dj at wmnf.org. Let's welcome Kevin Nealon back, back, I mind, mind you, to Talking Animals. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, Duncan. How you doing? Good. Thanks for uh, joining us again on Talking Animals. My pleasure. Always, always fun. Cool. Well, so... Um, Welcome back, as they say, and now uh, welcome back kind of, I guess, to Weeds. I guess you're just sort of only a few days into to shooting uh, the, the eighth season of Weeds, if I'm not That's mistaken. right. We're going into the eighth season, <clears throat> and I'm starting my second day of shooting today. Okay. Wow. So it may be, you know, a little little too early to see which way the storylines are heading, but, but can you reveal whether marijuana will be uh, featured at all this season? Uh, that may work its way into the story in some way or another. Yeah, re- remains <laughs> to be seen. Yeah, but um, yeah. A, a little more serious note. I mean, is there anything about this new season of Weeds that that you know you you can share or that you kind of either know or sense is is coming that might? Uh, well, might... I think if you if you watched last season, you'll you'll uh, remember that there was a cliffhanger at the end where we're all having like a dinner at a picnic table in the backyard of a. Uh, Connecticut home. Yeah. We're all in the, the East Coast now. We're working out of New York, uh, at a Wall Street firm. And, um, we're at this house in Connecticut. And somebody gets one of those infrared lights. I mean, Mary, Nancy bought one. Gets a, one of those red infrared lights on her forehead. Yeah. And, um, and, um, we all think it's a gun, but it turns out to be one of the girls at the table. But then there really is somebody in the woods with a gun aimed at her. And, he fires the, uh, or she fires the rifle. We don't know if it's a he or she. And, uh, you hear a loud bang and it goes black and we don't know who got shot. So when we come back July 1st, which is when it's uh, premiering this season, we'll find out who got shot. And, um, the, the, um, the action takes place in a town called Old Sandwich, Connecticut this year, the fictional town of Old Sandwich. So we're kind of gone full circle. Yeah. Back to a suburban community again. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of relocation over the course of this series. Yeah. Yep. And, but, uh, uh, it's settling in back now. Um, I'm not sure if this is the final season or not, but, you know, it seems like it might be. 
Yeah. And so um, I think it's going to be a great season. And, and also, uh, Kevin, I mean, you know, eight seasons of, uh, of any TV series these days is, is pretty remarkable milestone. I mean, to, to what extent do you feel Weeds might have been, um, I don't know, a little underappreciated? Um, I don't know. You know, I think it's in a tough category when it comes to award shows because it's listed under a comedy. So we're up against shows like 30 Rock and The Office. Yeah. And I just don't see it as a, really a comedy. I think it has some comedic, you know, undertones to it, but mm-hmm. mostly it's, it's a drama. So if, if there's any underappreciation, I think it's putting it in that category. Okay. But people seem to love it. And, um, any show that's been on for a long time, you know, you have, you have peaks and valleys and some people have favorite years, which is nice that you, you've been on that long where you can create that kind of a following. Right. Well, I just I'd like to quickly say my uh, my favorite will be the eighth season. So I'm just uh, you know. Oh yeah. Trying to curry yeah. a little favor right off the bat. No, but uh, nice. no, but it, it is a really great show, and uh, I do look forward to uh, to uh, that debut this summer coming back. So, uh, meanwhile, you've been on the show, gosh, a couple times uh, over the years, and we discussed you know various animal welfare issues and being a vegetarian. It's funny uh, how uh, certain odd details stick in your in your head. I, one thing I remember. You mentioned in our very first conversation back in 2003 was Tuno, which I think is actually long gone. But I, we spent a few minutes talking about Tuno back then for whatever reason. Tuno's so. gone? Oh, no. <laughs> that's, see, that's exactly why probably. It was a marketing issue. But anyway, in sort of a possible parallel, I'm just wondering how how your views on animal welfare may have, have, have changed over the years or, or, you know, which issues may seem a little more important to you now in 2012 and, and which ones may have, for one reason or another, kind of receded a bit um, for you? Well, I think, like everything else, people are becoming more and more aware of um, the way things are done in this country through the Internet or through various groups that are raising awareness. And I think... Um, the whole notion of animal cruelty has um, really come a long way as far as people reading up about it. and People are more health conscious now, I think, so they're aware of what goes into these animals in the livestock yards and what happens in the slaughterhouses. And um, and also as far as just eating more healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there was a great article in the New York Times a couple weeks ago about meat and uh the downside of, of eating meat, and um, and so yeah, I think more and more people are are trying to take care of themselves, and so it has raised a lot of consciousness in that respect. And um, there's a lot more food out there available now that is really tasty on the market. If you want to be a vegetarian, there's all you know the meat substitutes. The taste and the texture is uh, so similar to meat mm-hmm. without all the um, hormones and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's come a long way. Yeah. And, and, um, and I sort of, uh, noticed, uh, on your, uh, great, uh, new or new to me, at least, uh, website, there's a whole, uh, it's kevinneelan.com, by the way, uh, whole section where you list the organizations you, um, highly recommend supporting. And, and one of those is farm, farm sanctuary. So sort of on a related note, I mean, what is, you know, is that, uh, um, you know, partly for the reasons you're just describing, is that kind of why that's uh, one of your one of your organizations in particular yeah. that you? Yeah, the Farm Sanctuary is a great organization. There's one and started in New York, upstate New York, and now there's also one in um, in California. Yeah. But it's a great organization. They I originally started by rescuing animals um, from slaughterhouses that were downed animals. In other words, they couldn't walk to be slaughtered. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to remember if you're an animal. Pain <laughs> 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 and sickness. Sure. Uh, so um, 
and then they got into more and more like um, legislating and trying to get bills passed to protect animals. And they've done so many great things over the years. It's, it's just um, uh, awesome. And um, so I'm a, I'm a supporter of that organization. And I also like to support a lot of the animal shelters, Yeah. Um, especially here in Los Angeles. Um, there's um, the Amanda Foundation. There's Best Friends, which I just did an ad campaign for called NKLA. It's No Kill Los Angeles, yeah, No Kill Shelter. Um, and let's let's talk a little bit about that because that I mean to me that that is I mean on the one hand it seems so um, kind of obvious like w- why wouldn't people want you know there to be no kill or a facility to be no kill but. But as it turns out, when you sort of delve into it, it's often more complicated than that, and there's often yeah. oddly weird resistance. Can you sort of maybe speak to that a little bit? Yeah, or? well, I, I was like that, too. I thought, you know, why can't they all be no-kill shelters? But there's so many dogs and cats that are um, have no homes, so they end up in the shelter, and there's just no place to put them. There's just, there's I, I don't know what the number is, but there's got to be millions a, a year that just um, have no homes, so they have to be euthanized. And um, if, you, if they're all no-kill shelters, we'd run out of living space, I think. Yeah. So um, when it's, although it's great to have a no-kill shelter, if you can, it's just, I think, overall, it's, um, it doesn't seem possible to have them all no-kill. Yeah. So, you know, just because a shelter is killing the animals doesn't mean they're a bad shelter. It's just a, a, fact, of, a fact of death, actually, that, you, have, you know, it has to be done. So I think it's important that people spay and neuter their pets. So that we don't have this situation. Yeah. Less of it. Well, that's yeah. In fact, I, I think um, the last time we spoke, which I think was in 2007, I, I, I think one of the things we did spend a fair amount of time on was, um, and I think you even cited sort of pet overpopulation as the issue you felt was particularly significant, at least then, and just again the the uh, extreme importance of of spay and neuter. And you know, I mean, I guess that's that's sort of always going to be going to be true. But uh, yeah, the the no kill thing is. Uh, it's, uh, I guess, unfortunately, it's just a little, little more complicated than, um, you know, than people would think at first blush for some of the reasons you just mentioned. But uh, I know in this uh, area, Hillsborough County, we're sort of just in the midst of trying to uh, shift the uh, Hillsborough County Animal Service into that, and luckily uh, some of the, the commissioners there are, are embracing that. So that's, you know, that anytime you can see that sort of victory happening anywhere, it's, uh, it's an exciting development. So. Um, so let, let me let folks know this is uh, Talking Animals. If you just tuned in, we're talking with actor-comedian Kevin Nealon, who will be uh, performing later this month at the uh, Club at Treasure Island on May 18th and at McCurdy's Comedy Club in Sarasota on May 19th. If you'd like to ask Kevin a question, offer a comment, please call 813-239-9663 or email dj at wmnf.org. And we already got an early bird emailer here saying uh, the subject line says, Love Kevin Nealon, with a big exclamation mark. And uh, it says, love weeds and pretty much everything Mr. Nealon does. Loved his book and his Laugh Factory web interviews. And then it says, what is your favorite vegetable? Thanks for all your work with animals. My favorite vegetable, um, I was going to say tomato, but that's a fruit, I think. I think that's that's the uh, that's the trick question right there. Yeah. yeah. It is. Um, my favorite vegetable would probably be a potato. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a vegetable, isn't it? I, I absolutely. I think that is far less debatable than the whole tomato uh, issue. And uh, and how how uh, what what would be a, a favorite preparation uh, if uh, you were going to have a potato? No, let me refine that. I think it's a sweet potato. Ah, yeah, okay. Sweet potato because it has uh, a lot of um, 
nutritional value to it, and it's also um, you could you could eat it alone just as a meal, or you could make um, sweet potato fries out of it for a little more casual meal. Wow! Uh, to go along with your veggie burger, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Wow! Yeah. You are so, um, yeah, I keep the sweet potato. Um, you know, I, I, I do eat a lot of broccoli because I know it's healthy, but um, probably not my favorite vegetable. Okay. So that's more out of a sense of almost duty or obligation, whereas sweet potato you, you seem genuinely enthusiastic about. Yeah. It's more like a dessert, a sweet potato, because it is sweet. Yeah. It's right there in the uh, in the name. So so what else, Kevin? I mean, because uh, again, there's so there's so like a handful, at least a huge handful of, of organizations uh, that that you do mention on your site that that, that you um, you know highly recommend, and and some of those I, I think you've been involved with and done things for um, for for years and years and years. Um, so I mean, how do you? I mean, you must get asked all the time. Um, hey, can you do this tribute or can you do this uh, ad campaign or, or testimonial or uh, benefit, whatever? Um, I mean, how do you – I mean, there's only so much time, obviously, that a guy that, you know, has uh, the career things you have going on to, to, to devote to an organization or cause or issue. Um, I mean, do you sort of recalibrate like, okay, well, I did sort of best uh, best friends just recently for the snow kill thing, and the next time maybe it will be um, – Farm sanctuaries turn. I mean, is it almost like spokesman triage, or how do you how do you sort of decide who can get the time? Because you obviously can't say yes to everybody. Yeah, you're right. It's it's one of those things where you do have to kind of um, make sure you don't thin thin it out too much. You know, where your involvement doesn't mean anything because you're everywhere. You know? Yeah, right. Um, but it is difficult because I get so many requests for help, uh, especially from animal groups. I get letters all the time and. It's amazing how many people are trying to help animals, which is great, but it's also sometimes frustrating for me because I can't just I can't help them all, you know. Sure, sure. So I think everybody has to do what they can and kind of um, kind of scramble as much as they can to get funds together to help help their organization. Right. And is there is there is there an issue um, at the moment? Again, you just sort of did this thing for best friends with the no kill emphasis, but is there an issue that? Um, at the moment, at least, just uh, strikes you as, as particularly sort of worthy of, of people's attention or just seems really uh, important for people to be, you know, focused on. Maybe they uh, haven't been as much for one reason or another. Well, I think for me it's always a spay and neuter. Yeah. I think it's always important to, if you know of anybody, to make sure that they know about spaying and neutering their pets. And um, and also, you know, don't um, don't buy from a breeder. Go to a shelter if you want a pet. Sure, sure. Um, there's so many great animals at the shelters. Just because they're in a shelter doesn't mean that there's some mangly old dog or cat. There's different, you know, if you want a purebred, they have specific organizations that just have purebreds, too, that are unwanted. Right, which is so great because, you know, you, 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 you know, hear, uh, hear about people, hear from people and say, well, you know, for this reason or that reason, maybe it's allergies in the home or just sort of a weird preference or whatever, like, hey, well, we can't adopt because we need the such and such kind of dog. And it's like, hey, go on petfinder.com or elsewhere and you'll find the such and such dog and then you That's can right. adopt and, and still fulfill whatever your other agenda item was there. Yeah, so. petfinder.com is a good, uh, website. Yeah. Really, really great. And uh, so, what sort of animals do uh, do you and the uh, and your family um, have at home? Would you believe that we have thousands and thousands of fish 
um, and we keep them in the ocean. We live right by the ocean. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, that's so, that seems like a, a great place to keep them, certainly. Yeah. And we see our dolphins uh, all the time. I, I used to um, I used to have a lot of um, cats, and my wife and I would get them spayed and neutered and put them back in their in their area where they came from, providing they had a food source. Um, and then I had you know dogs growing up, but lately we don't have any pets because I've been on the road so much, and you know, no one really to take care of them. Yeah, I wondered if that if that was sort of made made it just too tricky to be gone as often as uh, as you are. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of these people that are running these animal organizations, um, and they don't have pets because they're so busy. Yeah, yeah. And but they they sort of have pets because they deal with so many animals in the world. Right. Yeah, they got plenty plenty of animal action, just not uh, not not at home. So. Yeah. Um, so uh, on a, on a, some other uh, kind of more showbizy uh, comedy notes, um, am I right in thinking there's a new um, stand-up special uh, coming? Yeah, there is. I just shot a new one called Whelmed, but not Overly. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> it's on Showtime. It'll be on this summer. And it uh, it was a lot of fun doing I was working on the road a lot the last eight months putting together the um, the show, and I'm really proud of it and happy that it came together as well as it did. And I uh, shot it in Colorado. And why why there, Kevin? Because I wanted to find a... I didn't want to be in a big theater. Uh-huh. I wanted something a little more intimate because my act is a little more low-key and conversational. Sure. So there's this great club in um, in Greenwood Village, Colorado, right outside of Denver. And I've worked there before. It's, it's a couple years old, but they have a... It looks like a small theater. So it really uh, served my purpose, and uh, it looks really good on, on tape, too. Great. And is it all stand-up, or is there, there some other stuff that's kind of um, cut into it as well? Or It's all stand-up, although I did trip at the end and fell on the stage. Seriously? No, that was not stand-up. Okay, I got you. All right. <laughs> That'll no. be on the DVD. Okay. That's like a, the director's cut, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, um, and again, speaking of stand-up, as I mentioned before, but I want to make sure to mention this a couple of times just because people uh, listening, at least in the immediate uh, broadcast area, could... Uh, could catch you live. So again, you're doing the club at Treasure Island on May 18th and McCurdy's uh, Comedy Club in Sarasota on May 19th. And um, so, uh, so is it fun for you to to come to Florida? I mean, I know you've been coming to Florida for uh, for eons. Um, and it really is fun because my my family, uh, some of my family lives down in that area, and um, and it gives me a chance to get together with them. If I'm there long enough, I go down and visit them in the Fort Myers area. Oh, great. And visit me if I'm in Tampa. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You know, I, I, I post a couple of things on, on Facebook that, that you'd be uh, our guest today. And uh, among the many commenters, and there was tremendous enthusiasm from all kinds of folks, but someone said that they, I guess, had sat next to you or, or you and some friends um, at breakfast, I guess, at St. Pete, St. Petersburg or somewhere, and just was marveling at how how funny you were even at breakfast Um with your friends, so I said, "Well, it's coming back to the area. Maybe, uh, maybe you can sneak over and have some toast or something." So. That's right. Save some money. See my breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't actually go to McCurdy's, but go to uh, go to breakfast. So, yeah, I heard uh, this club is really nice. Oh, you've never never been? No, to... I've never been there. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, and I haven't been to the club at Treasure Island, but I, uh, I guess that's um, well. They're both they'll both be great. So they, sound, um, they both sound very classy. Yes, yes. The club, I mean, come on. That uh, puts a lot of pressure on the place, but uh so um now also what uh, what uh, I think there was something else that I'm not sure what the status is, so I hope I'm not uh, asking anything awkward, but I know you had shot a pilot with um 
with Marsha Gay Harden? That's right, Duncan. It's called uh, Isabel. It's for NBC, and we'll know in about two weeks if it gets picked up. My fingers are crossed very tightly. Cool. And Tell us about the show, because I think the, I figured the upfronts would be, yeah. you know, coming soon, so that probably the status wasn't known yet about the show. Well, it's a show. Um, it's first of all, it's shot a single camera, um, and it's a half-hour comedy. And Marsha Gay Harden plays my wife, and we have three children, and it's kind of a normally dysfunctional family, TV family, and. Um, um, our youngest daughter, Isabel, has these incredible mental capabilities where she could smell numbers. She can communicate with people in coma, specifically wow. my, my father-in-law in the first episode, uh, whom I'm hoping is going to um, buy the farm so I can take over his lunch truck business. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, yeah, so that's that's where the comedy comes in. And, and um, everybody, even the kids are really great actors. I'm I'm just amazed at how kids learn how to act that well, especially in front of a camera. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, Marsha Gay Harden, what a great uh, team. Uh, you guys must oh. be uh, must have been really fun to work with her. Yeah, it really was. Cool. So we'll find out within the next uh, ten days, a couple of weeks or so, what's uh, happening yeah. with that. That's yeah. great, great, great. And then um, one of our uh, our emailers, at least that I've read out loud so far, um, mentioned this. I know you kind of do. Uh, cool thing at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. Maybe you could uh, talk a little bit about uh, Yeah, that's about something that. I do every Tuesday. It's called New Material Night, and I get up and I do about 10 minutes of new, well, I won't call it new materials, new areas. You know, it's kind of a workshop. And um, because a lot of times you work at a club and you, you're afraid to try new material because you want to do well, because somebody's there to see you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this one kind of allows the comics to come up and just do new material. And then after they do about seven minutes of new material, I sit down on stage with them and we kind of try to come up with more, just talk about the topics they discussed or other topics and just have it be a free form with no pressure. And it's always a nice, uh, smart crowd and, um, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Yeah, it sounds really cool, and I just love the 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 kind of premise of it because, like you say, I mean, especially in Hollywood, you know, if you're a comic trying to work up new material, you you kind of have to either sneak into like a coffee joint or off the beaten path because it's like, hey, what if I'm seen by somebody and they don't know it's new or it's just kind of rough? But you seem like you've diffused that by saying that's the very nature. Of tonight, so come on down and, and let's yeah. let's, let's see what happens. And I love the idea of you trying to then sort of help flesh out some bits or, and stuff with those folks. So yeah, it sounds like a really cool show. Yeah, it's fun. Great. Well, um, Kevin, anything else that we should know? Because I know that you'll be uh, getting uh, ready to head off to the weed set shortly. But um, well, first uh, I'm going to bring my son to school. Okay. And I'm going to go off and smoke some pot on the weed set. <laughs> Absolutely. I, in that order. Sure. Well, yeah, it's probably a better order in a, in a few ways, but I think yeah. that's uh, probably in your contract, your weed's contract, right? Yeah. So uh, Actually, they should call the show Honey Rose Herb because that's what we smoke on the show. It's, it's not pot, of course. It's Honey Rose Herb, which we get from the Honey Rose Herb cartel in Colombia, so it's got a little bit of an edge to it. Right, and they, they, they seem mildly violent for uh, something that doesn't seem to have that kind of value. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know, right? So, yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you very, very much uh, once again for joining us on, on Talking Animals. I'll let folks know again that the website to find out all about what's going on with Kevin and, and uh, appearances and specials and stuff, KevinNealan.com, and he's also on Facebook and Twitter and uh, all the all the usual suspects. So, uh, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us again on Talking Animals today. Really I think it was great talking to you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, I'm Duncan Strauss. You're listening to Talking Animals, where the show website is TalkingAnimals.net. It's time to proceed to name that animal tune. There'll be a prize, a highly coveted Talking Animals t-shirt. 
to the first person who calls 813-239-9663 and correctly identifies this animal tune. Let's name that animal tune. I'm talking animal. Sometimes we make it kind of on the order of uh, who's buried in Grant's tomb. So um, we're going to take them in the order they uh, they came in. Hi, you're on Talking Animals. Can you name that animal too? Hi, you're on Talking Animals. Can you name that animal too? Hello? Hello? It's you. Can you yeah. name that animal too? Yeah, the Magurla Gorilla theme song for the TV show. Absolutely. It, it was a tough one, right? We, we, oh, we, yeah. It was, I used to watch it. Remember the little girl's name was OG. Wow. You should get uh, bonus points for knowing that as well. <laughs> what, 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 is, what is your first name? Jack. Jack? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to put you back on hold, and I will get your information and send you off a Talking Animals t-shirt, or uh, if you... Uh, don't want to um, hold that long because I can't get back to you till uh, just after the show's over. You can uh, send me an email at dj at wmnf.org. And, uh, I, can, I can wait. I can wait. Okay. okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Jack, for uh, calling in, and congratulations. And uh, your your mastery of Megillah Gorilla trivia is truly <laughs> impressive. So thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold. All right. So um, last week... There were a few technical and mathematical problems in the uh, recorded show. Uh, at some point, maybe when I write my memoirs, um, I will uh, uh, talk about the, uh, the struggle to um, record the interview with uh, our great guest last week, Dean Steffen. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was bedeviled by so many different kinds of gremlins. Uh, it was wild. So, again, it took us three Three attempts, through no fault of either of ours, actually, um, to get that to interview down that you did here. But anyways, my thanks again to him. He was uh, really patient and cool about it. And uh, again, I think it was a really fun, different kind of interview for us on Talking Animals. But anyways, on a related note, sort of, since the whole show was Memorick, since I was out of town, um, I uh, had played or wanted to play uh, a new song by The Human Condition called The Wizard of Menlo Park. And I did start playing it. But, uh, again, through technical and or mathematical snags, um, it got cut off as uh, sh- we just sort of ran out of time leading into the NPR news. So um, I am uh, going to try to correct that today. And, again, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a dark story married to, like, a really cool, catchy, jaunty 
tune, but it's uh, it's called The Wizard of Menlo Park. It's about uh, Thomas Edison and um, how it becomes an animal tune, uh, although, again, albeit a grim one, is uh, this whole thing where um, uh, Thomas Edison was being challenged on sort of the whole alternating current thing, and uh, this kind of meets up with a uh, rather dangerous, um, people would say, elephant named Topsy, who um, ended up being sort of electrocuted as the upshot of this. So again, not an upbeat animal tale, but um, an animal song nonetheless, and a great, uh, great tune um, by uh, by the human condition. So uh, we are going to now hear it all the way through without interruption. Again, apologize for last week's uh, cutting uh, short. And uh, so this is a great local band, The Human Condition. Brand new music from them. Song called The Wizard of Menlo Park as Talking Animals continues now. 88.5. The bigger they are, the harder you'll fall. And fall you will under their spell. Those giant eyes seem Remember it too Watch what African grace, Asian or Indian made, they long for the days of the homeland grace. They carry that weight and lift that veil, they stand tail to tail, their burden peace never fails.
That's the human condition. Brand new music from them. The Wizard of Menlo Park. In its entirety, folks. We try to right wrongs wherever we go. Anyway, um, on a related note, uh, human condition singer-songwriter Dean Johansson. Johansson will be uh, doing a uh, solo gig a couple of Wednesdays this month at The Cottage on Siesta Key, and uh, including next Wednesday, May 9th. So, uh check him out in uh, in that format so again thanks to uh, to him for that and uh anyways it is talking animals in 88.5 fm and uh do you have your tropical heat wave tickets do you come on seriously we're a little more than a week out and uh i'm sure you probably know that there's um i think last count 74 bands so, uh, you know, what are you waiting for? Let's do it. So, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get your tickets now. WMNF.org, the usual outlets. Call, um, during the, uh, business hours to talk to, uh, to Miss Julie. And, uh, so let's, let's get some more details in case you're just not somehow up to speed on that. Chuck Prophet sets at past tropical heat waves have been some of the most memorable heat wave performances ever. Steamy, magical, transcendent sets. Chuck Prophet returns to heat wave this year with yet another great album. Rebecca, she was here. Rebecca, now she gone. Rebecca got a nasty streak seven miles long. Tropical heat wave. 14 stages, Ybor City, Saturday, May 12th. Too many bands to count. Go to WMNF.org slash heat wave for information. And as one measure of a truly being, too many bands to count, you know, in past years, the little grid, the schedule thing, you know, one one page, you know, chock full of bands and stages and stuff. But this year, can't get them all on one page. It's two pages, the grid, the schedule. So again, get your tickets now. There's such an incredible array. Uh, Randy was playing a lot of the... Great bands today on the show, and others uh, have been too. But I mean, whatever you like, there's three or four of those, and uh, there's a bunch of other things that you'll discover and say, "Oh my God, I didn't know about Sister Sparrow and the Dirty Birds." So I didn't, or I didn't know about Black Taxi. They're my new favorite bands. Or hey, again, thrilled to see Jubal's Kin again. Anyway, so Tropical Heat Wave, Saturday, May 12th, 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. All throughout Ebor City. So get your tickets now. Just please do the right thing. All right, we have just about reached the end of today's edition of Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa. We'll be back next Wednesday, May 9th, when our guest will be 
W. Bruce Cameron, the New York Times bestselling author of various books, including A Dog's Purpose, a novel for humans, an acclaimed and immensely popular saga about, and, and told by ostensibly, a dog seeking to understand his purpose over the arc of being reborn as various canines. Cameron's new book is a sequel to that one, A Dog's Journey, and is similarly inventive, engaging, and poignant. And the book officially comes out next Tuesday, May 8th, and we'll speak with uh, Bruce Cameron next Wednesday, May 9th. I hope you'll join me then. I also hope you'll visit our website, TalkingAnimals.net, where we make available all sorts of information as well as archives and podcasts of past Talking Animals programs. We also have a link to the Talking Animals Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and more. That's all found at TalkingAnimals.net. Talking Animals Outreach Consultant is Libby Busal. She's doing other stuff now. So even though it's only the 2nd of May, she's definitely the Talking Animals Employee of the Month. My thanks to her in so many ways. Anyways, uh, have, uh, have a great week. Be kind to animals. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. Stay tuned for the fabulous Scott Elliott and the All Souls edition of It's the Music, airing next from noon to 3, right here on WNF. We're closing out today's show, as always... With an animal tune, one I always, always get a kick out of. This is Ray Wiley Hubbard with Snake Farm taking us up to the NPR News on WMNF Tampa. We'll see you next Wednesday at 11 a.m. on Talking Animals. Well, woman I love is the name Ramona. She kind of looks like Tempest Storm. She can dance like little Egypt. She works down at the snake farm, snake farm. It just sounds nasty, snake farm. Birdie Mice is snake farm. It's a reptile house, snake farm. Sense of humor, she got a tattoo down her arm. It's a python in a little mouse wearing a sailor hat that says Snake Farm, Snake Farm. It just sounds nasty, Snake Farm. Pretty much is Snake Farm. It's a reptile, Snake Farm. She works there She says, well, it's got its charm There's nothing to do in the winter Now and then some kid gets bit at the snake farm Snake farm It just sounds nasty Snake farm It pretty much is Snake farm It's a reptile house Snake farm Snake farm, it just sounds nasty, snake farm.
birdie must hit Snake farm It's a reptile house Snake farm Sometimes Ramona calls me up and says, come on down here, it's getting warm. She runs everybody off and we, you know, the snake farm. Snake farm, it just sounds nasty. Snake farm, it pretty much is. Snake farm, it's a reptile house. Snake farm, snake farm, it just sounds nasty. Snake farm, it pretty much is. Snake 